0: Visit us at iloveelevate.com, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for everything you do, which brings faith, hope, and love to the world around you. It's an honor to be here with you. I'm excited because we're starting a new series tonight. It's called Step by Step, and we're going through the fruit of the Spirit for the next eight or nine weeks, and we're putting a twist on how we look at the fruit of the Spirit. And... Um, Give me one second. (laughs) Thank you, worship team. You guys are excellent. I didn't want it to end. I was like, can we do six songs? Can we do seven songs? Oh, so sweet. Fruit trees, I think, are super cool. Imagine how you put the seed in the earth, and it grows up, and it becomes like a tree, or maybe it's a vine or something. And it comes out of the dirt, and it doesn't just become a tree or a vine, but it actually produces something that's edible, but it's more than edible. It's actually sweet and delicious. Like I find that really cool. But if you were to pull a fruit off of the vine, off of the tree too soon, it would be bitter and sour and, and undeveloped. It can't grow if it's detached from the branch. It can't grow if it's detached from that vine. And with that kind of thought in the back of my mind's, I want to jump into Galatians. We're going to start in Galatians 5:16 through 18. And Paul writes this, "But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law." So it's talking about this step by step, this moment by moment Choice of which character will we act in? Will we act in the character that we've been set free from, the character that no longer has slavery uh, on our lives, or will we walk in the character that was given to us by God to walk in the holiness of His Son? When it talks about the law of our flesh, consider this it's that law that used to enslave us. We didn't have any choice but to sin, but to walk in our selfish desire. But God has given us a new nature to be able to choose to follow Him and to be more like His Son. So the solution to rejecting that old nature, to shutting it down, to not hearing it anymore, to starving it out, the solution to that is being led by the Holy Spirit. And this frees us from that law, that arm-in-arm walk with the Holy Spirit. Let's keep going. Galatians 5, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh, they're evident. And he l- gives us a list. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity or, or hate, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's amazing that he actually mentions sexual sins three times, sins of division of God's body three times, and sins of anger three times. Apparently those were really consistent in Paul's churches, and maybe maybe that's still true today. These lifestyles don't reflect... A believer, they reflect a person that is still bound by sin. Let's keep going. Galatians 5.22, and we come to our kind of topic for tonight. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That long list that we heard before. If we live by the Spirit, let us also, I love this, keep in step, step by step with the Spirit. Where the Holy Spirit is, these things are going to be seen plainly. Those who belong to Jesus have forsaken these old ways. We surrendered to the crucified Christ to give our lives to him, to keep in step. I love this. Because it gives the concept of that relationship. That we are moving with the Spirit's moving. Now, I want to point out something that was kind of a mind flip for me. And it was the idea that these are fruit of the Spirit. Like, yes, that's what we read, is fruit of the Spirit. No, no, you have to understand, these are not fruit of our actions. This is not like a tick list that we go through the list and we say, uh, love, been doing it. Check. Peace. Yeah, pretty good. Check, self-control, check, self-patience. Hmm, haven't been doing patience much lately. All right, I'm going to have to, today, I'm focusing on patience. Like, that's not it at all. It's a complete twist of the whole thing. If we're talking about works, these things aren't meant to be works. Remember the verses before in verse 19? It calls those works of the flesh. But these are fruit of walking step by step with the Holy Spirit. We're not supposed to make new resolutions of the better works that we're going to be to try to appease God, we are just going to press in and walk in the Holy Spirit. And as a byproduct of our relationship with God, these fruit will be evident in our lives. I love it how Jesus knocks us on the head. He says this in John 15, verse 4. He says, Abide in me, and I in you. There's that relationship. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. As in, you can't produce this fruit on your own. Not possible. You're just a, an orange, ripe, or not ripe, plucked off a branch, trying to grow. It can't do it. We can't produce love. We can't produce hope or joy or, or goodness. These things aren't fruit of our humanity, of our selfishness. They come only from God. Let's keep reading. Jesus says it. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it's he or she It is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do none of the fruit of the Spirit. None of them. We can't bear these fruits. We're only conduit for what the Holy Spirit is doing through us. We are all born thorn branches. And we just poke and jab the people around us as we go through life selfishly. And whenever we turn to the Lord and we say, God, I'm yours, I surrender. The first thing that he does is he goes and kills us. And he cuts us off from this old dead tree and dead bush. And then he takes us and he grafts us into his vine. And now grafted into what is new life, his new sap and nutrients begins to flow through us. And soon the fruit that we produce is no longer thorns, It's no longer selfishness and pride and angst and anger and and dissensions and division. It's now a new kind of fruit. It's a fruit that can only come from the Holy Spirit. It's love, joy. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness. It's all of those. But don't miss this. It is absolutely anchored. Anchored. We can't be separated from it in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Abide in me and I in you. It's that step-by-step, moment-by-moment relationship. John 15, 9 says, Jesus is praying. He says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. So we're going to go out of order tonight. We're not starting with love. That's a great place to start because it's kind of like the chief of all of them. If you love, then the rest of them sort of fall into place. But we're going out of order tonight. We're going to start with peace. Because, again, we're not just going to act more peaceful or pursue peace. That, that's what the rest of the world is trying to do. They're all pursuing peace. For us... We're going to ask the question, what does the life of a believer look like whenever they pursue Jesus? And it's peaceful. It changes things into peace. I want to read a handful of scriptures and and meditate on these. These are beautiful. Write them down. Here we go. Isaiah 26, three through four, one of my very favorites. You'll keep him or her in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he or she trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Pause and meditate on that for just a second. Perfect peace. That peace is not abstract. Like, I've got to go and grab this thing called peace. Or maybe God pulls off his peace salt shaker and puts it into our lives as something abstract for himself. No, no. It's whenever we receive peace from God, it's God giving us peace himself. He is the Prince of Peace. We don't receive an abstract idea. We receive more of him because of our relationship with him, because we know our eyes are stayed on the everlasting rock. Deuteronomy 31, eight. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. He goes before you and he is with you. I love what David says. He says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. There is this, God is before me, leading me, guiding me. He is tackling enemies ahead of me, but he is also my right hand. He's also my companion. How beautiful is that? He's dependable, consistent. He's ahead of our circumstances and he is with us. Isaiah 41, 13, For I, the Lord your God, I hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, Fear not. I am the one who helps you. Peace is not something we pursue. We pursue Jesus. And he gives us himself. Our Prince of Peace, our everlasting rock. Isaiah 52, 12, For you shall not go out into haste. You shall not go into flight. For the Lord is will go before you. The God of Israel will be your, your rear guard. He is before us. He is with us. He is also behind us. And I love it. What, is, what does that mean? Don't go out in haste. Don't, we won't go out in flight. Consider that. It means that we don't operate in anxiety. We don't operate in fear. We operate in peace. Because he is with us. Like, May you, in your next quiet time, in your next God time, may you just dwell on what it means that he calls himself Emmanuel, that he calls his son Jesus Emmanuel, God with us. It changes everything. Everything is different. Everything is new for a believer that can wrap their mind around the fact that our God goes before us. He's our rear guard, but he is with me, holding my right hand. How beautiful. Is that? A woman, maybe you've heard of her name, is Lisa Terkhurst. She's the founder of Proverbs 31 Ministries. And if you haven't heard of that before, it's worth Googling, especially if you're a woman. Proverbs 31 Ministries. She tells a story of a visit that she made to Israel, and her guide was leading her group through the the groves of an olive, of, of a knowledge grove, olive grove. And he told them three truths of the olive tree. And I'll only give you one tonight because I don't want to derail us. He says this, the olive tree will not bear fruit unless it experiences, get this, both the harsh winds of the east and the refreshing winds of the west. It takes hard times and good times to be fruitful. How true of us is that? Maybe that's why he is the Prince of Peace. Maybe that's why before Joshua goes into Cain and God says, don't fear, have courage, I'll be with you. Because times are going to be scary. They're going to be harsh. They're going to be wild. They're going to challenge everything you've thought and believed. But I am, Joshua, I'm with you. I go before you. I'm your rear guard. And I'm with you. How beautiful is that? We will endure times of harsh winds. We will endure times that challenge us, that challenge our beliefs to the core. But He's with us. Thank you, Jesus. That you are bearing fruit through us in both the good and the bad. I love how Jesus brings this home for us. John 14, 25-27. Oh, this is so beautiful. Are you ready for this? These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the helper, who's the helper? The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Here we go. Peace, I leave with you. Whose peace? The Holy Spirit. He's in us. He is the peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. They're pursuing peace. They pursue peace with, with fire alarms and burglar alarms and cameras on every angle. They pursue peace with the stock market and their hopes and all these things. Our peace is that the Holy Spirit is in us. He is our helper. He is left with us. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your heart not be troubled, neither let them be afraid. We will never be alone because our Holy Spirit is in us. We walk with Jesus. Few people understand what the harsh winds of life really mean more than a man named Horatio G. Spafford. And if you haven't heard of him before, I think that his story is going to start becoming familiar. I'd like to read a story for you Horatio G. Spafford knew something about life's unexpected challenges. He was a successful attorney, a real estate investor who lost his fortune in the Great Chicago Fire of 1871. Around the same time, his beloved four-year-old son died of scarlet fever. Thinking that a vacation would do his family some good, he sent his wife and his four daughters on a ship to England, planning to join them after he finished some pressing business at home. However, while crossing the Atlantic Ocean, The ship was involved in a terrible collision and sunk within 12 minutes. More than 200 people lost their lives, including all four of Horatio Spafford's precious daughters. His wife, Anna, survived the tragedy. Upon arriving in England, she sent him a telegram that was simply this, Saved alone, what shall I do? Horatio immediately set sail for England. At one point during his voyage, the captain of the ship, aware of the tragedy that had happened to his family, summoned Horatio to tell him that they were now passing over the spot where the shipwreck had occurred. They were in the middle of a storm. And as Horatio, alone and deep within the ship, thought about his daughters, he wrote one of the most comforting and beloved hymns. Maybe you've heard of it. Let me read it for you. And consider where he's at as he writes this. When peace, like a river, attendeth my way. When sorrows, like sea billows, roll. He's in that ship, feeling the storm. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, Let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate. He hath shed his own blood for my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole of it, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. What about Jesus? Were there times that you can think of in his life that he showed peace that was outside of human understanding, what we can calculate? What were some of the things that Jesus went through, the things, the confrontations that he had that he showed peace in? Because if Jesus is the one that we're building a relationship with, if he's the one that we're walking with, then our peace will reflect the peace of the one we're following. Think of the times that, that Jesus was at peace in a boat asleep during a crazy storm whenever one else thought they were going to die. Think about the confrontations he had with the Pharisees, the time he almost got thrown off a cliff. Think about the whippings, the torture, the abuse. And the Bible says he didn't even open his mouth to cry out. Because of his peace, because of his understanding that his father went before him, his father guarded from behind him, and he walked with his father. It's that same peace that Horatio had inside of him, that same relationship with Jesus. It was what Horatio's eyes were on. It was who his eyes were on, our Prince of Peace, our everlasting rock, that's our God, Emmanuel. It's that peace that comes, the fruit that is born by a believer that spends their life with Jesus, walking step in step with him. I say it often, and I'll say it again because it's so important. I love what A.W. What Tozer says. He says that the only difference between God's universal presence, that he's everywhere, and his manifest presence is simply this. It's our awareness of him being with us. And so may we be under the conviction to have the discipline that whenever our minds are engaged with something, our minds are engaged, but as soon as we switch from being engaged with doing taxes to doing bills to driving in the car to getting schoolwork done to whatever the many things, sports or sitting at home in those gaps in between one task and the next, may our minds snap back to an awareness that Jesus is with us. May our minds snap back to the peace that he walks with us. We can ask him, Jesus, are you with me? And we'll feel his peace. We'll recognize his voice saying, yes, I'm with you. And then maybe if we have the discipline that we start recognizing those awareness between tasks, maybe that awareness will begin to bleed into our tasks. So that whenever we have a difficult conversation with one of our parents, or a boss, or a friend, or whenever life starts seeming trying, or whenever the news is on, or whatever is going on, that awareness of Jesus being with us, of His Holy Spirit of peace inside of us will reign in our minds. May we be a people who bear the fruit of peace from the vine of the one we walk with. Every week I want to throw out a few different ways that you can spend time with Jesus. And here are just some ideas for tonight. Here's, here's three for tonight. And next week will be three more and three more and three more because I hope that week after week, day after day, you are getting time with Jesus because that is going to set the tone for the rest of your day. That's going to help remind you to have the discipline of recognizing His awareness with us. Here we go. The first one is just prayer. It's so easy to take prayer wherever we're going. Whatever we're doing, we can involve prayer in it. And so I challenge you to start spending Focus intentional time, even if it's five minutes in the morning with prayer. Here's one of my very favorites. I wrote this one down. This one's for me. Is stargazing. The stars have been radiant the last few nights. Go out and spend time. Look at his creation. Read Psalm 8. Spend time under the stars. It's a beautiful way to spend time with Jesus. And the third one is this. Sit down with pen and paper and write him a letter. Maybe that's how you write your prayer. Write him a letter or, or talk to him. Write Write your side of the dialogue. Tell him what's going on. Be honest about your feelings. Fold up your letter and tuck it in your Bible. Put a date on it. Spend time with Jesus. Prayer, stargazing, writing him a letter. And in many, many other ways, you can do the same. Elevate. I love you. Remember to spend time with Jesus. Remember that if you walk with him, you can have his peace. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to serve you. Thank you, Lord that you are the Prince of Peace. Thank you that you are Emmanuel, that since the beginning of time, you have closed the distance and come to us. Like Peter sinking in the water, you're the one that comes to us and grabs us. Lord, I pray that as we draw close to you, you'll draw close to us. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for your peace. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' holy and precious name, amen. I love you, Elevate. See you next week. Thank you for listening. Episodes are recorded every Wednesday at Elevate Student Ministry. All students 7th through 12th grades are welcome.